0: hello old and new friends (laughs) every
1: time you start the intro it's all right
0: (laughs) (laughs) ah because it's usually like i guess i'll do like an introduction and we just riff casual casual for like three minutes and forget to actually
1: the fun fun part with the new setup now is i can start recording at any time and not tell you so all of that's recorded
0: oh goodness (laughs) it's just gonna be you're just never going to not be recording. Nope, it's here. just always going. So yep. oh, everything man. you
1: said is on the record.
0: Just like the Truman Show, <laughs> I'm just the, a featured star.
1: <laughs> you're, the, you're the butt of the joke and you don't even know it.
0: Right. I haven't, I haven't called an ass before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 we are on fire today.
0: <laughs> she, she. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, this is the Gems of History podcast. A nice, relaxed uh, way to learn some history. We this, cover a ton of different topics, ranging from, you, <laughs> ranging from all of them that I can't think of right now.
1: Uh, we've done a lot, but this is like this episode is going to be the definition of relaxed.
0: Yes, <laughs> both
1: quite hungover. Right. Well, I mean, I had a whole day of drinking again today, so
0: at the Renaissance, <laughs> yeah. Day. I feel like you need to talk a little bit about
1: that yeah so love that. well first of all i'm jacob shop oh yeah. you are evan roosh <laughs> this is a we Gems are the of history of podcast this show right <laughs> but yeah i was at the renaissance fair all day before this and it was hot out today and that was a long day of walking around and drinking and overall shenanigans so did you have any mutton i didn't i had chicken on a stick though a so close enough like, how big of a chicken? No, it was just, like, a little piece of chicken. Like oh. Like, I put two of them on the stick. <laughs> if it was scrambled. just, like, a whole chicken, yeah, yeah, I was like, dang. That would be aggressive.
0: <laughs> they just, like, fried up, like, chicken breasts and, like, threw it on a stick and called it fair food.
1: It was so busy, though. Like, this was the most packed that I've seen the Renaissance Fair since I've gone. I've gone, like, I think it's maybe, like, my fifth or sixth time going, but it was oh, definitely wow. the busiest. So waiting in line for anything was, like... A good 10-15 minute experience. Jeez. So the line for the big turkey legs was the longest. And I was like I was like, I'm just gonna get something else. I
0: need a picture of who's all standing in that line because I'm sure it's like dudes our age and like in their forties, just like licking their lips, just <laughs> yeah. looking at a, like a rotating turkey leg.
1: It is like well, it's like three guys that look just like us, and then it's like a Girl wearing a fairy outfit, and then it's a guy wearing like a Star Trek <laughs> outfit, it's just like everything under the sun in one line.
0: You really get the whole breadth of humanity that's at why the Red Fair. That's why I like, I love going there, right? Like,
1: you need to come with me one of these times, you would absolutely love it.
0: I would, yeah, I would truly be just wide eyed and so excited, bright eyed and, and bushy
1: tailed going in, right? It yeah, is, it is a blast, but as I mentioned to you earlier, you spend Money very quickly when you go there, it adds up so fast. I
0: can't even imagine the money. I would, I would probably try to buy a dragon. You could. They're buy, not available. You but, could buy uh,
1: like legit swords and stuff there. Like you would have, it'd be a kid in a candy store. <laughs> for now you. we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> but, love swords. But yeah, watch we watched the the jousting going on. The team that I was rooting for won, which was cool. It was the lions. The lion and the moon were on one team, and it was the griffin and the sun on the other team and the moon and the lion one, by far. Hell yeah, huge moon-lion stands easy, on, this, easy win. on this podcast. So if you're a Griffin and Sun supporter, you can go. You
0: can still listen to the rest of this show. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, you're still welcome here, but... Mm, boo you suck you lose
0: yeah your sports team doesn't match my sports team
1: <laughs> your medieval your medieval <laughs> sports team that's not on any television station lost so how
0: is that not on tv that would, that would just be, be so genius fun.
1: oh yes but renaissance fair 10 out of 10 would recommend
0: awesome well, but very
1: cool speaking of hot things you know what we're talking about today <laughs> some spontaneous human combustion partially and other stuff.
0: Yeah, a lot of wacky ways that people died.
1: Yeah, so we're, we're up in the air with what we're going to call this episode. We're either going to call it Mysterious Fatal Phenomenon, or Evan had one. It was... Wacky casualties
0: that, that I or think, wacky deaths. I think
1: that right. one is more fun than yeah. <laughs> like the scientific name that I suggested.
0: You don't get to use a lot of, uh, or you don't get to use the word wacky all too much, so it's pretty I, yeah, awesome that is true.
1: Do. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about some weird ways that people end up not living anymore. Unaliving. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, dying themselves. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that that's going to be interesting. So I don't know. Do you want to start us off with what you have, or you want me to go first? I can start us off. All right. I Feel like
0: right. it's a it's a. It's going interesting... to be a smorgasbord today. Oh, a, a smorgasbord of death.
1: Yes. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that
0: fun? Right. <laughs> that's honestly probably just the description of the boys, yes. the TV show.
1: Yeah, dude. I finally started got, got Evan to start watching the boys, which is on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched it, if you like superhero shows, it is like the anti superhero show, and yeah. it is. So good, but it is very violent, so yeah. get ready for that if you haven't watched it yet, because it is right it over the top in the best ways.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible show, but we are going to start off, we're going to travel back oh, to the summer of 1518. Oh, what a good year. In a lovely little city known as Strasbourg. You know, just a small, quaint town, part of the Holy Roman Empire. But in this summer, a dastardly disease <laughs> popped into the homes. Of Coming the... this summer. <laughs> yes, yeah, this is a movie trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and you may be thinking, like, oh, was it that were people, you know, having tummy aches? COVID. Or, yeah, it's going. <laughs> were people sniffing and sneezing? No. The entire town got overwhelmed by what is now being called the dancing plague
1: i love this story it is insane
0: it is truly nuts and throughout the entire summer 400 people danced completely uncontrollably uncontrollably for weeks like for the entire summer yeah and it left over a hundred of them dead
1: it is insane. <laughs> I post, they lost themselves to dance. I posted this in the Facebook group, which if you're not a part of, you should go join it. Called the Agora Gems of History Discussion. And I, I believe I did this for one of the Flashback Fridays. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is just a wild story. Like, like dancing yourself to death. What a way to go.
0: How many new moves do you think were created? Like new dance? Was this when the worm was? This was when the Emperor's New
1: Groove came about.
0: I love that. The Holy Roman Empire even like started moving his shoulders a little dun, bit. Dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. ooh. But uh, in July in
0: 1518, a woman named Frau Trophia from the city of Strasbourg, which is in modern-day France, just left her house and started to dance. And she kept going and going for hours until she finally collapsed and was just overwhelmingly sweating and twitching on the ground. So maybe she didn't collapse. Maybe she was just, like, dropping it low. <laughs> yeah, she was
1: just it like, an early version of breaking. Yeah, it's just like... dropping it down. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and make a medieval flute version of the Harlem Shake to put uh-huh. in this episode, but I just never had time to do it, and I'm very disappointed. Is that the Harlem Shake back? No, it's oh. not. But <laughs> it was like the first thing I thought of when I thought of dancing and just like convulsing. So. It is
0: hilarious, like how much that trend just shut down, like the internet. For
1: the like Stra- the Strasbourg shakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> pew, just pew, like, pew, yeah, but it's like a medieval <laughs> organ. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a flute. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: however, Miss Frau, the very next day, started dancing again. And then the next day after that, basically looking like she wasn't able to stop. However, you may be thinking, huh, oh, we should be getting this person some help. Other people just started following in and joining in on the dancing, and she was eventually, like I mentioned, joined by 400 locals who danced uncontrollably alongside her for about two entire months. Yeah.
1: That's a lot of people just getting the groove on.
0: Yeah, and with 100 or over 100 people dying from dancing too like much. Like,
1: exhaustion. Because, like, they couldn't, they wouldn't eat.
0: No, yeah, it was, like, this was straight up all
1: all day, all night. They wouldn't eat, yeah, or drink water. This was the most lit rave in the world on God Fam. On God For fam. real, for real. <laughs> we have to get in with the youths. Yeah, I mean, our, our
0: audience is definitely everyone's dad. So we need <laughs> yeah. to start. I don't know how many kids are listening to us. <laughs> but no one even today still knows what caused the townspeople to dance what seemed you know, against their will. Or why the dancing lasted for so long. But in the end, over a hundred people died, and this is where the name of the dancing plague comes through. And now we're going to dive into,, you know, what are some details of what happens during the dancing plague, and like what even started this so? So, though the historical record of the dancing plague, also known as dancing mania, in case you were wondering, what some of the or other like
1: names. Saint Vitus's dance or yeah. something like that. I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. Called. we'll dive into that a
0: little bit. But the surviving reports give us a small glimpse into you know what actually you know occurred. So, after the dancing plague started with Madame Frau. I gotta know, like, what kind of moves she was. I was gonna with say, is she an an like
1: just like breakdancing, or is she yeah. like, is she crumping, or she's like throwing her hands behind her head? And stuff? Right,
0: right, right. But so she did, of course, eventually succumb to severe exhaustion that left her in a deep sleep, aka you know death. Um, a well, si- deep sleep, yeah, <laughs> the, the deepest, deepest sleep, if say. you will. <laughs> but the cycle of just her getting back up the very next day and just starting it perplexed everyone and even like her husband and family were just like frau what is going on here girl girl what you doing like we we love a nice jazzercise (laughs)
1: session (laughs) or like some
0: zumba but this is just a little bit a little bit much but unable like they weren't able to actually offer a rational explanation at the time and the crowds of people who were just watching and not joining in of course, thought that this was the handiwork of
1: the devil. The devil.
0: <laughs> Your friendly neighborhood Satan. It's like Lucifer himself is just chilling on the throne in hell. And it's like, that, one, that wasn't even me. Yes. I can't even take credit for that Dance one.
1: for me. Yeah, right.
0: It's the prince of all evil is like, no, we're going to make these.
1: Do you think Satan has a dance. deep voice or do you think he's got a high voice? He's- dance for me.
0: Oh, I bet he's just like like huge, tall dude, extremely ripped. Very high voice. Very high voice, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Needs to compensate. That would
1: make it so much more fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I mentioned, they thought this was the handiwork of the devil, and because Frau had committed some huge egregious sin, uh, she was therefore unable to resist the powers of the devil, and basically they blamed her sin for giving the devil power over her body, which caused her to dance. And as quickly as some, like, these people condemned her, they also just joined in. Like, they thought it was, they also thought it was, like, divine intervention. And locals in the area believed in the lore of Saint Vitus, who was a Sicilian saint, who was martyred in 303 AD, who was said to curse sinners with uncontrollable dancing mania whenever he was angered.
1: What a weird thing to just have your legacy be Yeah the dancing guy. uh, Like he's on like the he's getting drawn and quartered or something and he's like, I will make you all dance one day, you'll see. You'll
0: see. Yeah, twelve hundred years later. Finally got him. (laughs) Yep, it's just hey, curses take a long time to travel. I suppose so. But after suffering several days of nonstop dancing and with no explanation for the uncontrollable urge to dance. Trophia, or Frau, was eventually brought to a shrine high up in the Vosges Mountains uh, to atone for her sins, but this didn't put a stop to the dancing mania.
1: Do you think they like tied her up in the back of a cart and she's just wiggling around? Oh, yeah. (laughs) How did they get her up there otherwise? (laughs) (laughs) She's
0: like, no, there's some sick speakers on top of this mountain. You have to check the acoustics in the huge chapel we have up there. Dude, we got a
1: dance floor and everything. Yeah, it's... Awesome. There's some linoleum on the ground you can just break dance on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the dancing plague did take over the entire city of Strasbourg, and it was said that about 30 people quickly took her place, Frau's place, when she was taken to the to the temple on high on the mountains. Um, and, 30, yeah, 30 people took her, took her place and started dancing with, I quote, mindless intensity.
1: The people that took Frau up to the mountain came back, and they're just like, are you... F- are you serious? We don't have a cart big enough. How do we take all of you up there now?
0: <laughs> right, we only have so much rope. <laughs> we can't honestly. Have. Yeah, and the funny thing, in, like in this too, is that people were dancing all over. So it was in public halls and like taverns and like the public square, but also just privately. So like they'd just be at home, like at the dinner table, grooving.
1: That like, would be an awkward dinner.
0: Yeah, it's like, I'm trying to eat my porridge here. Can you just, not?
1: He's just throwing... It, Dad's throwing his porridge across the room as he's dancing yeah. around.
0: <laughs> but yeah, these same people had this insane intensity of their movements and just were unable to stop for whatever reason. And at the height of the dancing mania, 400 people started dancing in the streets of... And this is just funny how the... Uh, This is worded in the article. It's like, yeah, 400 people began dancing at the peak of the plague. Like, we're using the word plague a little. little Yeah,
1: it's a very localized plague.
0: Yeah. And the chaos continued for more than two months, causing people to just straight up keel over and sometimes perish from heart attacks, strokes. (laughs) (laughs) No.
1: I was giving you ambience. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. One account
0: of the Dancing Mania actually claims that there were close to 15 deaths every day when the Dancing Plague reached its height. So when these 400 people were all dancing at the same time, 15 people would die of like a heart attack a day. Absolutely insane. And like we mentioned before, over 100 people died thanks to all this dancing.
1: Thanks, Saint Vitus.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: what a jerk!
0: Like saint of what, like, I just need to know the backstory. Yeah,
1: why is of, he a saint if he's killing people? Killing with a people plague? with dancing,
0: <laughs> yeah. So skeptics, however, uh, of the outrageous tale, have understandably questioned how exactly people could dance almost continuously for weeks on end. So when you're diving in and investigating, it's important to you know like, what's historical fact? What's a little you know, over the top like? medieval reporting, because medieval historians, like when they were writing stuff down, could be dramatic at times. It was like all
1: flowery poetry language, so...
0: Right, right, right. And modern historians do say that there's enough literature around the phenomenon to actually uh, corroborate that it did happen. And experts first uncovered the Dancing Plague thanks to well put together and well documented Local records, and among them is an account written by the medieval physician Paracelsus. (laughs) I know I didn't say that right. Who visited Strasbourg eight years after the plague struck and chronicled the phenomenon in his opus, Paramurum. There's the Latin for you. Nailing it. And copies of the records actually appear in the city's archives. And one of these sections goes as this, describing the scene. And I quote here. There's been a strange epidemic lately. I don't know why it sound like a southern vowel. But... I <laughs> no. came
1: home to my I came home and
0: he was just jiving.
1: Let's go, girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Had Shania Twain on. But this is a quote. I'll, I won't do an accent for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a strange epidemic lately going amongst, amongst the folk so that many in their madness began dancing which they kept up day and night, without interruption, until they fell unconscious. Many have died of it. So that's just a clear picture of what's happening. Yeah, here.
1: it's pretty cut and, cut and dry.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, a chronicle composed by the architect Daniel Specklin, that's, this article's, or excuse me, this is still kept in the city archives, described the course of events noting that the city council came to the conclusion that the bizarre urge to dance was the result of overheated blood in the brain. <laughs>
1: we must release the blood. <laughs> Were they vampires? Just stick their head
0: in a bucket of ice water. Yeah, they just need to take a cold shower. What are they, a teenager? <laughs> I guess
1: they are just very hot.
0: Apparently. But, and this is another, another quote. In their madness, people kept up their dancing until they fell unconscious and many have died. In a misguided attempt to cure the townspeople of the dancing plague, the council imposed a counterintuitive solution. They encouraged victims to continue their dancing in hopes that people would inevitably tire out safely. Or die. Yeah. So their answer to the plague was, no, plague is fine. Keep going. Keep on boogieing. Make it worse. Yeah. And the council actually provided guild halls for the people to dance in, enlisted musicians to provide accompaniment, and according to some sources, paid strong men to keep the dancer upright for as long as possible by lifting their exhausted bodies as they whirled around. That would suck. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that's your job. Like, hey, honey, how was work? Like, Yeah, I literally had to Keep people dancing till they died. I
1: had to hold them up. <laughs>
0: yeah. And after it became clear that the dancing plague wouldn't end anytime soon, the council employed the extreme opposite of their approach. They decided that infected people had been consumed by holy wrath, and penance was f- enforced on the town along with the banning of music and dancing in public. So it literally just became the town from Footloose.
1: Music is Satan. <laughs> We
0: listened to one song and one song only. And not, it's even, just not even Silence. Song. Yeah. <laughs> According to more city documents, the, deliri- the delirious dancers were eventually taken to a shrine dedicated to St. Vitus, located in a grotto on the hills, the nearby town of Saverne. There, the dancers' bloodied feet were placed into red shoes before they were led around with a wooden figurine of the saint miraculously the dancing finally came to an end after several weeks but whether any of these measures actually helps and what caused the plague in the first place remains mysterious just
1: throw them in a lake how do they dance in the water (laughs) they just wiggle around
0: (laughs) there's aqua zumba
1: That is true. There is water aerobics for old people, too. So I guess there is measures that can be done. There is literally synchronized swimming. It's entirely dancing in water. So I I just said something that makes absolutely zero sense. (laughs) Wow, what idiot. (laughs) Not a researcher.
0: Right. Not historians, either. Uh, Five centuries later, historians are still unsure about what caused the dancing plague of 1518. Some of the modern explanations definitely vary. The one claims that the dancers suffered effects of a psychotropic mold known as ergot, yeah, which grows on damp stalks of rye and can produce a chemical similar to LSD.
1: Hell yeah! Now, you're tripping
0: rem- nuts, oh yeah, and if you remember the good old ergot, this was one of the
1: explanations for the Salem witch trials, which is like thoroughly debunked at this point. Yes, but <laughs> it could possibly happen in a like a small locality. I can guess. you
0: imagine? They find like in the medieval times they actually find like a piece of bread and like put it on trial, like a moldy <laughs> you piece of bread caused
1: everyone to trip balls.
0: What say ye? And it's just like silence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's bread.
0: They burn it at the stake, and that's how toast was invented. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even though ergotism, which that just sounds like a religion, um, can bring on delusions and spasms, other symptoms of the condition. Include an an extreme decrease in blood supply,
1: which would have made it very hard for people to dance. I thought we already decided that their blood in their brain was just too hot. It was too hot.
0: (laughs) Another theory uh, from historian John Waller posited that the dancing plague was simply a symptom of medieval mass hysteria. He believes that the mass hysteria brought on by the horrific conditions in Strasbourg at the time, which were extreme poverty, disease, and starvation, caused the townspeople to dance from stress-induced psychosis. I
1: mean, this was just after, like, the worst time period in history, pretty much, so yeah, (laughs) I guess you could say it was probably pretty stressful to be alive. They had
0: some tough years. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just always... Just picturing like myself if I was born during this time period. Like, are you serious? Like, I get one
1: life and I get born at fifteen eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. In a town with a freaking dancing plague. <laughs> I got asked yesterday what time period or era I would want to live in if I got to choose one. And I no. was I was gonna say, like, oh, medieval times would be cool. And then I was like, no, that would fucking suck. There's no there's just no literal rivers of poop running down the streets. I'm good. Yeah, I'm set. There's just no other time period. No, it's be fine. Like, yeah. I'm, like
0: I'm, I'm doing swell. Yeah, right? we, we have every luxury we need. Yeah, I have so much free time. Things are going so well. We started a show to talk about people's misfortunes throughout <laughs> history. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Things are doing just dandy. Uh, Waller goes on to argue that the collective psychosis was definitely exasperated by the supernatural beliefs which were common in the region, namely the lore around St. Vitus and his dance-inducing powers. There had previously been at least ten other outbreaks of inexplicable dancing mania centuries before the events at Strasbourg take place. Yeah,
1: this isn't even the only one.
0: No, there's multiple of these bad boys. And according to sociologist Robert Bartholomew, these plagues... Could see dancers parading around naked, making obscene gestures other than being naked. What <laughs> I was gonna say. And they would even fornicate in public. <laughs>
1: I don't think that's dancing anymore. No, that's that's <laughs> that's just that's just public sex. Yeah,
0: they're just getting down and dirty. Literally, because if it's in public, it, there's most likely a poop river right there. Around. should have
1: been people doing that at the Renaissance Fair. Oh my goodness. That would have been way more exciting.
0: What kind of run fairs? <laughs> I actually heard a rumor that all the rent fair workers do actually hook up with each other oh, like I all do the not time. I doubt that.
1: <laughs> when, you can only. <laughs> There's a couple people in our group that hadn't gone before and I was like, Yeah, it's a good time. You know, they got like the games and you got a bunch of food stands and drink stands and then you have the orgy corner where there's just a bunch of people that have an orgy and you have to find the guy that lets you behind the fence and he'll let you in.
0: Yeah, his name's Chuck. You have to answer his answer his riddles three.
1: Do you wanna have sex? Yeah. Do you wanna have sex with a lot of people? Yeah. Do you do you want it to be all consensual? Yeah. All right, come on. I uh, get in there, <laughs> <laughs> ruffles your hair a little yeah, bit. <laughs> good job, you did it good.
0: Dancers could also become very violent towards observers if they did not join in. So if you were just like minding your own business, looking at the, uh, <laughs> looking at the people dancing, you could also get beat up. I get the fuck over
1: here. <laughs> get over here. Get over
0: here. Yeah, again, I only use that now to talk to my dog. <laughs> yep. Um, All these different examples of dancing mania take root in towns near the River Rhine where the legend of St. Vitus was strongest. And Waller cited the theory of environment of belief, which was proposed by U.S. anthropologist Erica Borg... (laughs) Borg... Borgigan. Perfect. By Erica. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Which argues that supposed spirit possessions occur primarily where supernatural ideas are taken seriously, which makes sense. Power of belief. Power of belief. This in turn encourages believers to enter a disassociative mental state in which their normal consciousness is disabled, causing them to carry out irrational physical acts. This cultural norm of believing in a higher power, and in this case believing in St. Vitus, the old dancing guy, uh Waller cites that this made people susceptible to adopt these extreme behaviors due to the fact that times were very tough and they had this supernatural belief installed in them, and that basically led to them grooving and moving.
1: Yeah, it can't be understated how spiritual people were back in the day, right if they thought everything was some result of. God or yeah. some holy spirit. So I stubbed my toe today. Like that was the devil. <laughs> this damn devil, moving my moving this little bear statue around in my basement, so <laughs> kick every time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Five people are laughing right now. Yeah, right here, exactly. And we're two of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, to wrap this up, um, and this is a quote from Waller: If the dancing mania really was the case of mass psychogenic illness. We can also see why it engulfed so many people. Few acts could have been more conducive to triggering an all-out psychic epidemic than the counselor's decision to corral the dancers into the most public parts of the city. Their visibility ensured that other city folk were rendered susceptible as their minds dwelt on their own sins and the possibility that they might be next.
1: Yeah, they literally just grabbed all of the people that were sick and put them in one place. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but if Waller's theory of this, of this mass psychological illness does indeed explain the Dancing Plague, it's a little, little, little terrifying uh, example of how the human mind and body can work together to create pure chaos.
1: How many sacre bleu do you think there was? How many baguettes were harmed in the process of this plague? Not many, because no one was eating. Right. Do you think that it was actually they had an excess of baguettes?
0: Yeah. The rat and ratatouille who just finally got his own restaurant is just no one's coming in.
1: They're all dancing. This was the peak of baguette fever in France.
0: (laughs) But yeah, that is the story of the dancing plague.
1: Absolutely crazy. It is just fascinating too that it's not the only one that's like it's happened multiple, multiple times. Like double history. digit number times. Yes, and every time, like at least one person probably dies.
0: The al- it's it has to be aliens just like shooting some sort of beam. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at
1: these idiots right now! Unbelievable! These people actually dance. <laughs> All right, are you ready to hear my stories? I am ready. Of okay. the madness that is spontaneous human combustion.
0: I'm very excited. Like we've, when you sent that text, like we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. That was one of the funniest, like I, <laughs> most I've laughed at a text because it was just like, hey, how about for the next episode we do spontaneous human combustion. I'm like, yeah, that that's just like, that's perfect. That's like, me. That's, that's, that's the brand. That's a me thing. <laughs> for sure.
1: Have you ever heard of spontaneous human combustion before? No. Okay. Then this Surprisingly, this is the first. All huh? right. This will be an interesting time then. Right. So, in late December of 2010, Irish police were dispatched to the home of 76 year old Michael Faherty in the scenic county of Galway, in Ireland. When they arrived, the scene wasn't as pretty. Because Michael Feherty's body was found severely burned with his head near the fireplace. Investigations found there were no signs of foul play, and there were no accelerants nearby. Aside from the body, the only evidences of scorching were on the ceiling above and the floor below the man. After examination of the body, the coroner made a strange announcement. Michael Faherty's official cause of death was listed as spontaneous human combustion. Ooh! So this shocked most people, but it's not the only time that someone has supposedly died from suddenly bursting into flames with no apparent cause. Do you think that guy, when
0: he dropped that name, knew that he was just coining one of my, like one of the best.
1: Oh, he did did not coin this. This this has been around for a while. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Because there have been over 200 reported cases of spontaneous human combustion dating all the way back to the 1400s. Dang. But what does spontaneous human combustion mean? And is there any merit to the claim that people suddenly burst into flames? (laughs) Well, that's that's what we're going to find out today. Mm Mm-hmm. So, first question. What is spontaneous human combustion? Basically what it claims to be. It is the alleged phenomenon of a person suddenly catching fire.
0: Not like Steph Curry training threes. like pretty, yeah. Real, real fire. <laughs>
1: Actual fire. It is pretty self-explanatory. The first description of spontaneous human combustion comes from a man named Paul Raleigh, who was a member of London's Royal Society, which is the world's oldest scientific academy in his 1744 article titled Philosophical Transactions. So Raleigh described Spontaneous Human Combustion, or SHC, which is very much easier to say than Spontaneous Human Combustion, so that's what I'm going to call it the rest of the time. Fair. (laughs) He described it as, quote... A process in which a human body allegedly catches fire as a result of heat generated by internal chemical activity, but without evidence of an external source of ignition.
0: So yeah, they literally just, just start on fire. You're just like sitting there and the you inside. Go, Poof. yeah, and there's no build up to it. Fire. That has to be one of the worst ways. You're just like, you're just literally chilling or chilling, eating ice cream, and you're like, oh, I'm feeling and, a little warm, and, and then, oh
1: god, and then you're not chilling. Yeah, and then the ice cream's melted. So, in most cases, the victims are quite elderly, primarily female, and often overweight or alcoholic, or a combination of all of those things. A lot of the time, the bodies are turned into ash, although most of the time, the victims' hands and feet survive the burn. As was the case with Michael Faherty, the victims' surroundings are usually largely untouched, even if they consist of flammable materials. And the ashes that are left behind usually emit a very offensive odor and are greasy. Oh, yeah, well, they probably smell like alcohol if they're from alcohol. Probably does not smell great.
0: Man, he was drinking that gas. He was
1: out there. <laughs> As mentioned, the earliest case of SHC occurred in 1470. An Italian knight named Paulinus Vorstius was having a good night boozing with the boys when his party hit a snag. After finishing his box of what I assume is Franzia red wine, Paulinus began to reportedly burp up fire. Eventually, he completely burst into flames and burnt to a crisp in front of his guests, including his parents. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that's a rough day. Having a nice little dinner party, then all of a sudden, like... Yeah, you're just like having a boys' night. And you're just like, oh, I don't feel so good. (laughs)
0: And then, like, fire comes out Maybe, of your at, mouth. <laughs> at first,
1: you probably thought he was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's like, wait, am this I is a dragon? sick? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but this story has no record before 1641, so almost two centuries after the fact, when it was recorded by a Danish medical expert named Thomas Bartholin in his catalog of strange medical cases throughout history called. Whew, here we go. Historiarum Anatomicarum Rororium. That last one's fake. There's no way. That is the name of the book.
0: Rororium.
1: Bartholin claimed that he talked to later descendants of the Vorstius family, but since nearly 200 years are in between then, there is a lot of room for embellishment. So who knows if that story is true, but that is the first recorded account. The idea gained even more popularity in the Victorian era when authors began to refer to the phenomenon in their works. For example, in his 1852 serialized novel called Bleak House, Charles Dickens referred to SHC when one of the minor characters named Crook, who was an alcoholic cheat, spontaneously catches fire and burns to death.
0: Wow. Even making its way in modern literature? I guess somewhat the time, modern, modern literature. literature. <laughs> yeah.
1: After Dickens, more people jumped on the spontaneous human combustion train and began to write about it in their books, such as Mark Twain and Herman Melville, who is famous for Moby Dick. Oh, that's it, actually how they got the whale. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this was met with a lot of criticism, naturally, but it did not stop the idea from catching on in the public view, at least a little bit. Because with such well respected men speaking of the subject, whether it was in a fictional sense or not, it still gained some ground. But I bet you got a question in your mind right now, and that is, what are a few real life examples of this phenomenon besides the two that I listed? I was just about to ask that. Well you can huh. ask me now, because that's Wowza. that's what we're going into. Aside from Polonius or Polonus Polonius, I don't know. Polonus Vorsius. Uh, As I mentioned, there's over 200 stories of SHC that have sounded down throughout the ages. According to one of the first pieces of known literature about SHC, an innkeeper named Jean Millet went to bed one night in 1725 while his wife, a drunk, stayed in the kitchen because she couldn't sleep. Around 2 a.m., a smell came wafting upstairs and woke up Jean. He rushed downstairs to find his wife's body scattered across the kitchen as charred remains, oh, that—that that is gnarly. Really. That is rough. Unless he just like didn't like his wife, but even then, it's kind of rough. You it's couldn't like have he, at least done it, and not burned my house, right? <laughs>
0: it's like he saw a shooting star and made a wish, and then all of a sudden he smelled. I that. wish
1: my wife would burst into flames. Yeah, it's like
0: holy crap. It these things work.:
1: <laughs> According to the story only her skull and a few other bones remained. The floor underneath her was burnt, but the straw bed and wooden tub nearby were fine. Jean Millet was tried and convicted of murder, but a physician named Claude-Nicolas LeCat convinced the court that Nicole had spontaneously combusted.
0: That has to be the worst, like, because that, that's what my thought was too. Like, how is how is no one getting charged like improperly charged for murder in well, these cases? He, he could have set her on fire and said, "Yeah, it wasn't me." That I gotta just keep that one in, in mind if I'm ever <laughs> she. I don't know. She She's yeah, bursted of life. She she was here a second ago,
1: and now she's. In a pile of ashes. I I can't explain it.
0: She was there yelling at me. She had a little bit too much wine. I saw a shooting star and shot my shot. And you get a
1: physician named Claude the Cat to come and defend you. (laughs) Another earlier case was that of Countess Cornelia Zangari de Band of (laughs) Cessna. Oh,
0: that's fancy.
1: Yes, who was found dead in her bedchamber in the summer of 1745. She went to bed early, and the next morning, the Countess's chambermaid found her as only a pile of ashes. Her report read, quote, Upon entering my lady's bedchamber, I found her countenance in a serious state of all fucked up. Like, quite on the honest side, she was looking very rough indeed. <laughs> first, the first part started. <laughs> I was not expecting that, that vocab to be used. <laughs> that is totally that a, not. True, that is what I made up, but it oh, makes it sound more you, fun. It makes jerk. it sound way more fun. You jerk. <laughs> if that was true, that would be the best recounting of anything ever. Right. It started off so prim and proper then. <laughs> <laughs> I found her countenance in a serious state of all fucked up yeah. in quotes. Of <laughs> asked for further comments. All that she had to say was oof. <laughs> she she was looking rough. Yeah. But honestly, the Countess's body was a pile of ashes with only her partially burned head and stocking-covered legs remaining. Maybe that's where the guy from Christmas, The Christmas Story got the leg lamp. Got the leg lamp. <laughs> it's just the <laughs> it's Countess's leg. It also just carries electricity now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The candles in her room were said to have been untouched and intact. So very localized, burnt. Yeah, literally nothing...
0: And it was in her bed, right? Yep. It's like the bed didn't catch on fire.
1: So there was a couple of reports. One of them said that she had gotten out of bed and was nearby the window when she burned. Other ones said that they found her in bed. So I don't know which one is necessarily true, but the story is the same result either way. Mm-hmm. So it just depends where they're touched. But in both of the cases that I've mentioned so far, we've had a pile of straw and a wooden tub that didn't burn, and apparently the the drunken wife of Jean Millet, was burned. Just chilling in the kitchen. And then this countess burned, but her candles didn't. One of the most famous cases, aside from Michael Faherty, was that of Mary Reeser. Known as the Cinder Woman, Mary was found in her St. Petersburg apartment on July 2nd, 1951. The story follows that the landlady in Mary's building, whose name was Pansy Carpenter, dropped by Mary's apartment to deliver a telegram. When she reached for the doorknob, it was hot to the touch, too hot for her to open it. So she called the police, who arrived shortly after, and when the police arrived, they found Mary Reeser burnt to death, with reports stating that her body was disintegrated by a blaze of, quote, white-hot intensity. The only things that remained of Mary Reeser was one slippered foot, part of her spine, and a piece of her skull that was described as shrunken. The apartment was warm when the police arrived, but the majority of the apartment remained intact. Some of the plastic objects nearby had softened and lost shape, but the rest of the room, aside from a scorch mark on the rug and the chair in the middle of it, was seemingly unaffected. There was even a stack of newspapers next to Mary's chair that remained completely unscorched. Authorities were baffled, considering that cremation usually takes a few hours at temperatures from 1,400 to 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. This was looked at as a possible case of spontaneous human combustion. The chief on the case sent boxes of material from the apartment, including portions of the rug, walls, and chair, to the lab to get tested. And eventually, the case was concluded to be, quote, accidental death by fire of unknown origin but was not claimed to be a case of shc
0: it's just so crazy like these fires are so intense that they burn literally well in most cases pretty much the entire body yeah but like not the newspapers right right exactly it's
1: it's at temperatures of 1400 to 1800 degrees for hours right oh is this a quick death or a slow
0: death do you think
1: it would be a slow death
0: oh man that that sucks
1: yeah because i mean when you think about burning at the stake back in the day a lot when
0: when you think about just burning at the
1: stake, you know as as you do every day as one does as it crosses your mind But a lot of times, like it would hurt, obviously, because you're getting burnt Mm -hmm. alive. But most of the time, you would pass out from the smoke and stuff like that before it actually killed you. So you'd be unconscious by the time it actually was fatal. So it wasn't like you were actually burning the whole time and that's what killed you. But in this case, I feel like this would probably be more of a, you actually just burn for a while. And it starts from the inside out, right? According to the theory, yes an internal source of combustion because there's no external right. source
0: i'm just so curious like what part of the body makes, yeah, like starts the like right what's like the match quote unquote like what starts the fire first
1: yeah there's a a case that i didn't put in my notes there were there were a family s- reportedly sitting around a table and all of a sudden this woman's chest started or it was either a woman or a man started to like their chest started to glow and then all of a sudden just fire just burst out oh my gosh like Okay, that doesn't sound fun.
0: (laughs) No, just... That's some heartburn.
1: Yeah. So to finish up on Mary Reeser's case, Dr. Wilton M. Krogman, who was a professor of physical anthropology at the University of Pennsylvania who looked at Mary Reeser's case, wrote that of all the fire deaths that he had investigated, quote, I cannot conceive of such complete cremation without more burning of the apartment. So this is a guy who looks at fire deaths supposedly quite a bit and is a physical anthropologist at a university saying I can't conceive of this without more burning of the apartment. Like Right. So you've got some pretty high end people given their their two cents on this story.
0: Right. Like it's a phenomenon that's from the sounds of it has been around humankind like quite a bit. Over two hundred cases of it, so extremely rare still, but Yeah. That is so crazy that you can just potentially. How is this not like something we're taught as kids? Like stay away from drugs and alcohol because
1: they made quicksand into a big problem, not bursting into flames flames randomly.
0: (laughs) Quicksand, yeah. (laughs) Why were we so be such a big deal? Why were we so scared of it? It's like just get up. (laughs) Quicksand
1: and rattlesnakes, like.
0: I did think I was going to have to deal with a few more rattlesnakes in my life.
1: (laughs) In northern, or like southeast Wisconsin, (laughs) I don't think we're going to have to run into many rattlesnakes, but there are a few supposed cases of people who have witnessed the events happen, even with one claiming to have survived it. One story goes that a traveling salesman named Jack Angel claimed to have spontaneously combusted one night, but survived. He woke up with a burn on his hand bad enough to need amputation, a hole in his chest, and burns on his groin, back, and legs. He claimed that the fire started internally and his clothes and his motorhome weren't affected.
0: That is wild. Just be like, but how did he not wake up while it was happening? Like- <laughs> right, exactly. To the point where it needed to be
1: amputated, so that's hot. So with so much evidence to supposedly show that people are randomly bursting into flames, are you at risk of becoming a victim of spontaneous human combustion? I need that in the Smokey the Bear voice. <laughs> Only you work. Are you, you, are are you of... at risk of becoming a victim of spontaneous human combustion? <laughs> well, probably probably not. So we'll go through a few of the accounts and see if we can't figure out some explanations in a minute But first, I'd like to go through a few possibilities proposed by various researchers. One explanation proposed by a man named Brian J. Ford proposes that a condition known as ketosis may be to blame. So if you know of the the keto diet, that is similar to what this is related to. Ketosis occurs when glucose or blood sugar runs low in a body, which is common in accompanying alcoholism. And the body begins to feed on fat stores, which increases the level of acetone in the body. If you don't know what acetone is, it is a component in nail polish remover and is quite flammable. So it's theorized that a small spark could cause a fire in a person with higher acetone levels. Which seems like a relatively reasonable explanation for what this may be caused by.
0: Yeah, that all all checks out to me. I mean
1: i watch the keto diet now <laughs> yeah, right and this is much more reasonable than some of the others explanations oh, yes i love this one scientist suggested that ball lightning could be the cause have you ever heard of ball lightning before
0: do you say ball
1: ball lightning ball lightning yes
0: um outside of out maybe that's what zeus plays with on his down no <laughs> other maybe? than that no <laughs>
1: So, ball lightning is a strange and largely unexplained scientific phenomenon in which a large ball of static electricity forms and floats through the air on its own accord, seemingly materializing out of nowhere. So, a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yes. There is, like, one or two reported videos of people catching ball lightning in real life, out in the wild, but... Like in a jar? (laughs) (laughs) No, like on video. Ah. (laughs) But it is pretty... Unproven to be a thing, but it has been theorized for a long time. Huh. And this is an explanation for a lot of like early reports of UFOs. It's like, oh, it was just ball lightning. But I don't think ball lightning could be everything. So, yeah, you can't blame it all on ball lightning. So, aside from ball lightning, paranormal researchers have also said that it is perhaps the work of poltergeists that people are bursting into flames. Always comes back to the devil. Every time. And one man named Larry E. Arnold hypothesizes that there are an unknown subatomic particle called pyrotrons in the human body that make people more likely to burst into flames when agitated by stress.
0: What is Larry's profession? (laughs) Do we know?
1: Well, he is just an author and has absolutely zero scientific training.
0: Oh, so, huh. Not that qualified to... To discuss people
1: uh, starting a flame. So aside from the wild and wacky theories, there is one that explains most of the cases. The theory known as the Wick Effect, it states that the human body itself is responsible for its own demise. Basically, once a human body starts on fire from whatever the source may be, it burns the fat stores of the human body to continue a slow burn. The body is usually contained within clothing, and as the body burns, the clothing absorbs the melting fat, and the bodily body burns locally within the clothing uh. until the wick, quote unquote, wick of the candle burns out. Uh, okay. So there was a test done in nineteen ninety eight by a man named John Dehan, who was a doctor at the California Criminalistic Institute, and he took a dead pig, wrapped it in a blanket, literal pig in a blanket. Uh and placed it in a furnished room. He then proceeded to set the blanket on fire with nothing but a match and a bit of gas. It proceeded to burn at a high temperature and low flame for several hours until it was extinguished. There is mostly only ashes left of the pig aside from a melted TV set nearby. So, this would seem to be a situation that proves that it was just something that happens naturally once you actually catch fire so the wick effect is to be blamed for most of the cases that we've discussed for example the case of michael feherty he fell asleep next to the fireplace perhaps drunk or on some sort of medication for his diabetes or hypertension and the fire caught his clothing and proceeded to burn him in his home while he was either passed out or too weak to put himself out hence why he would be on the floor. Perhaps that he tried to get up, couldn't get up, and that's where he ended up. So that seems to be the likely cause of his demise. Next up, Mary Reeser, the Cinder Woman. Supposedly, the night of her death, she told her son that she had skipped dinner in favor of sleeping pills. Which is a bold move. What a thing to tell your son. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Johnny, how was dinner? Good. Did you you like it
0: too? No, Mama has her pills. Did you
1: have the sleeping pills also? Yeah. (laughs) Her son last saw her sitting in an armchair that she later died in, and she probably fell asleep in her chair while smoking and dropped the cigarette on herself, which lit her nightgown on fire and started the slow burn of the wick effect. Mary was said to be a, quote, robust woman of 170 pounds, which would account for the body's natural fuel source. However, nobody would really know for sure if this is exactly what happened, but it's just easy to draw that conclusion from the information that we have now. Right. So most of the theories originally revolved around the consumption of alcohol, particularly in our belching Italian and night friend from 1470. (laughs)
0: After his Franzio wine.
1: Yes. It is now known that alcohol, even in the highest possible volume in a human body, wouldn't be enough to suddenly cause a person to burst into flames without an external source.
0: Thank God, because last night that could have very well happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. To your boy. You were having a good time last night.
0: Hey, shout out my mom and dad. They are celebrating 40 years of marriage, and I celebrated with 40 drinks. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Because originally when this came about, the idea was that drunks had a likelier or a higher likelihood of catching into flames randomly because of the amount of flammable alcohol in their systems. But even though alcohol is not the immediate culprit, it is likely that it makes someone more susceptible to passing out or sleeping more deeply once asleep and dulls reaction times. And that is probably the reason behind it Taking people so long to either put themselves out or not putting themselves out at all, so just makes you a little more sluggish, (laughs) (laughs) and your decision making is not the best. Or well,
0: yeah, (laughs) that that definitely comes with it. Yes, that is just absolutely insane. Just and like the fact that happens to people that abuse alcohol is very, very interesting. Just because there's just so many, like, the keto diet could very well cause this to happen as well. Yeah. And, like, I don't think that has any, like, alcohol strains nope. on it or whatever,
1: so. It just makes you have nail polish remover chemicals in your body. In your body, yeah. Eat, <laughs> which is, eat, doesn't that sound great? Eating away your fat. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. One of the most condemning aspects of SHC is the fact that almost every case has nobody there to witness the event happening. And I think that's the thing for me is like all of these happen when people are on their own for the most part. I mean, the one guy that claimed that he started on fire and survived. Yeah. It was found later that he had suffered serious burns from a hot water heater and tried to sue the company and lost, and then, after the fact, came out with a story that he spontaneously burst into flames. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> so, Did
0: he think people just wouldn't find like the medical re- or, like The, the, the legal, law, records. legal records? Yeah.
1: yeah, he just wanted a better story out of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's funny.
1: But even with all this scientific research done and somewhat proven methods of disproving spontaneous human combustion... Even an article from Scientific American admits, quote, I'll stick with the wick effect for the time being as my preferred rational explanation, even though the jury's still out on some of the stranger cases where the wick effect doesn't really apply. So, Hmm. is spontaneous human combustion real? Most likely it's not, but it is up to you to decide if you want to believe that it is or not.
0: I personally think that it's not, just because that just seems like such an absurd... Way to go, Larry Arnold says
1: it's real though. No, with his the pyrotrons. I'm I'm good, thank you. High stress levels make your pyrotrons activate. Everything's fine, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen the anime Fire Force, but this is pretty much the premise of that show. It's just people randomly bursting into flames. Fight. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except in that case, it's like actually real, <laughs> and they it's, turn it's into like, like, a... like
0: demons. It's always demons. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> and then there's
1: just like a superhero firefighter squad that helps kill them.
0: Anime is so awesome. <laughs> it's it's just, it is so fun. It's just so so great. I love it.
1: Yeah, so go watch Fire Force. Feel like anime because it's a lot of fun, and it kind of like follows the storyline almost exactly. Look at that. You think like, think Larry's gonna
0: file a lawsuit at some point? Yeah, right. I had this idea years what ago. What if he dies by spontaneous combustion? Then a, it's a like full
1: circle. Right. Oh uh, man, think of the Amazon reviews then. <laughs> but yeah, that's spontaneous yeah. <laughs> human combustion in a nutshell. So Oh man,
0: super interesting. Definitely definitely join our convert like the conversation on our social medias. Just uh give us your takes yeah. on like these two just insane ways that people died.
1: Yeah, and we haven't been mentioning sources a lot lately, so oh, yeah. but like most of my information for this came from there's a couple of all that's interesting.com articles, which is a really good source for a lot of this Weird stuff that we do for the podcast. And uh, there's a really good article on, I think it was grunge.com or grunge.net, something like that, that had a lot of information. And then BuzzFeed Unsolved did a video on Mary Reeser, like way early in their career. So BuzzFeed Unsolved? Bringing we that one
0: back. Yeah, I haven't plugged them in full two
1: years. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to go read more about this, there's stuff out there on the internet you can go read. Or you can buy Larry Arnold's book and give it a review yourself. Give it a nice
0: little review, yeah. And uh, if you're interested in more information about the dancing plague, I just found my information on Britannica.com. So. Also
1: a very good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they had spontaneous human combustion stuff on there as well. So
0: Wow, they almost cover the same diversity of topics as we do. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> Who's the better source of information? Britannica.com.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Right. But if you want to continue those conversations on our social medias, Jacob already plugged the Facebook group, The Agora. Please give us a follow on there and hop in. In any of the discussions and on that uh, on that forum,
1: yeah, start start some discussions in there. Get the people talking.
0: Oh yeah, get the people a buzz, a flame, if you will, a blaze. Actually, yes. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at gems underscore history. I think
1: yes, that is correct. Gems <laughs> underscore
0: history. Uh, you can also find us on seventy
1: eight episodes. So,
0: yeah, and still still don't have a down. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram
1: at gems underscore of underscore history underscore
0: podcast.
1: I've been meaning to tell you, like, every time we do the Instagram plug, I'm just like, just look us up on Instagram. Just look up Gems of History Podcast. It'll show up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's the
0: one with two just devishly handsome men. Yes. As a profile picture. And then you can find us on Twitter. Or excuse me. You can find us on TikTok and YouTube at Gems of History Podcast.
1: There we go. Got all those out of the way. All
0: the socials. Unbelievable. We need to start talking. Yeah, we need to start talking like the kids on the socials now. Yes. Like sick fam.
1: Yeah. Talk Talk to us in on God cap for real for real language so that we can really understand you. Yeah. And I'll just reply with like a cap emoji like that's That's <laughs> cap. That is conversational. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let us know what you guys think of these interesting ways that people met their demise. Yeah, whether it be by dancing or supposedly just suddenly bursting into flames.
0: I think I'd have to choose Go dancing. Go Gadget Flame. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's pretty much the guy from Fan- the Fantastic Four who just lights on fire the Human right. Torch. Yeah,
0: I always forget about the Fantastic Four.
1: Yeah, and I think that ca- that ca- was played by. No, it was not Chris Evans that played him, was it?
0: I think it was Chris Evans. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Mr. What Superhero. a turnaround in
1: his career, starting there and getting to Captain America.
0: <laughs> Being literally America's ass. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is, that is the glow-up that everyone deserves. Yes. And all of you out there, you guys deserve to have quite the glow-up as well. And you know how you're mm-hmm. going to do that? Stay polished, my friends.